Welcome to the SBCN Small Biz Podcast, brought to you by the Small Business Community Network in association with Northern River Financial. We're proudly supported by TELUS. The future is friendly. Visit us online at www.sbcncanada.org. It's Linda Ockwell Jenner here, co-founder of the Small Business Community Network with another SBCN Small Biz Podcast. And this evening we have a returning guest, Jessica Sloan, Inspired Living. And last week Jessica um, was telling us a little bit about her story. It was very inspiring and I believe she's going to carry on um, with the rest of that story tonight and um, bring how our mind can deal differently with um, all the different issues or things that are going on, but Jessica's better to explain it. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Linda. How are you doing today? I'm really excited to hear the rest of your story and how our mind can impact lots of things we do in life. So um, if you want to take it away, I'm all ears. Yeah, so I'm so excited to be back and just chat about what I was talking about last week. So last week I talked about my own story and, you know, recovering from illness and being your own advocate. And I also talked about how the critical mind can often get in the way of our own recovery. So today I really want to chat about how the mind can be a very powerful Um, it can be a very powerful resource in our recovery and we can use it as a very powerful and directive way to aid us as we recover. Well, that sounds very interesting. I totally agree with you. So share your your wonderful inspiration and how we can do this, uh, please, Jessica. Yeah, so one of the lifestyle changes I had to make was I had a lot of digestive issues. So I had a lot of foods that I was unable to tolerate. And one of them that I had to remove from my diet, and and I want to be clear, this isn't about, you know, telling people what they need to remove from their diet. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert on that. And it's very individualized based on the person. But for me, I was advised from my doctor and my naturopath that this is likely something that I was intolerant to. And I had to remove it from my diet. And the initial thing our mind does is it thinks of all the things that we are losing. And so it immediately goes like, you know, I can't have all those wonderful desserts with family. You know, it thinks of all the things that we might lose. And it really gets... It really gets in the way of our own healing. And often, you know, we have a lot of connection to what we eat. You know, you know, we connect with others at family gatherings with food and stuff like that. And so when we start to tell our mind how hard this is going to be and how difficult and a hardship, our, our mind starts to think that we're not fully on board with this change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And often what we find before we know it is, you know, we had just a little bit, even though we didn't want to, you know, little bit won't hurt. And you find yourself sabotaging yourself despite your best intentions. And you kind of ask yourself, why are you doing this? Wow. Have you been watching me drinking my little glass of wine or nibbling on a cupcake? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we definitely want to like have occasional treats and enjoy life. And that's perfect perfectly fine but when you're recovering from illness and you have things that are very detrimental to your health it's not always 
the best choice. And so we want to... So we want to start to tell our mind very powerful things. And so we want to tell our mind that, you know, I'm making the choice not to have dairy in my diet because when I eat dairy, it causes me to feel very sick and I don't feel in a relaxed, focused place. And when you're very directive with your mind, your mind starts to get on board with this. So this goes beyond like positive thinking. It's starting to really dialogue with your mind. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to be very directive with it within our own healing and the choices that we make. So I guess, was this a difficult um, process for you in particular, Jessica? It definitely was because I had a lot of food intolerances and it it was more indicative of the condition that I had. And so it's not something that like a regular person could probably eat all of these foods and be, you know, and be perfectly fine. But for me, I had to remove them because they were compromising my health. So I guess you've got some tips for us if we're having the same kind of challenges. Obviously, talk to our health professionals, but what did you do to train your mind, Jessica? Yeah, so I I found a technique, and it's what I bring into my own practice because I've studied the mind. I went to school for that for, you know, three or four years to study it. And I specialize in um, a form of specialized hypnosis called rapid transformation hypnotherapy. And what I help my clients do is create a more supportive and empowering voice when they're recovering from illness or or when they're trying to create a new goal in their life or, you know, if they're wanting to lose weight, whatever they're after in their life, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all face that strong, critical voice. So tell us more about this. I'm really interested. Yeah. So often in our day to day, our waking conscious mind, you know, when we're in our busy mind, you know, we're doing our day to day tasks. That's only 15 percent of our mind power. So our unconscious um, comprises about 15 to 20 percent. So I often work with clients to go to the root cause of what might be holding them back in making those lifestyle changes. Because as I explained in my case, you know, sometimes the ability not to, you know, have these foods at social gatherings, that can play an impact, but it's really different for everybody. And sometimes it's not, it's not very apparent on the conscious level. And so I help my clients uncover what some of the reasons that might be holding them back. Now, would um, I guess, is everyone able to work with this technique or are some people, would, would it not work with every individual? Um, I've gotten great results with this technique. I mean, everybody is specialized and, you know, I think there has to be a good relationship between the person and the practitioner that's providing it. So I think that's, I think that's the first number one key. And, you know, then for each client, it's different. Some clients take, you know, a couple more sessions, but you know, it's ultimately, I think the person has to be their own advocate and what works for them, but I've gotten great results with this type of therapy. So, um, is this a long process? Is it something that someone would have to do over a matter of weeks or days? I mean, how does it work? Um, it depends on it depends on the client, but typically I would work with somebody anywhere from about one to five sessions. But it's usually only a couple sessions. But 
you know, like I said, it really depends on what they're dealing with. If it's one issue, sometimes it can be resolved in a single session, but there is a little bit uh, after the session that the client needs to do in order to integrate it into their life. But I give them the step-by-step process with that. And is, I mean, I, I've actually, as you know, um, delved into hypnotherapy myself many years ago. Is it very similar to the experience I had or is it completely different? And is the person um, aware of what's going on? Yeah, they're definitely, the person's always in control of the process. So you're just going into a very deep, um, relaxing state. And so you still always have conscious control, but it just allows us to relax and get out of the busy thinking mind. And when we get out of that place, that's where we find a lot of our answers and what is holding us back and doing what we need to do in our life. And I guess um, for our listeners, Jessica, um, if they're not able, you know, if they're not close enough to you and they don't want to do like a, a, you know, um, a long distance kind of therapy or technique, Mm -hmm. you know, the way you work, um, are these, you know, are these practitioners, I'm not sure whether you've got a practitioner or what, but, you know, is it it easy to find someone who can do what you do if they don't live close enough, as I say, or don't want to do an online thing with you? Oh, yeah. So the type of uh, hypnotherapy I specialized in, um, it's called the rapid transformation therapy. And it was created by a lady over in England. And she has been training people throughout the world. Um, so there's people all over the world that specialize in this. And she so if you just look up Marissa Pierre, she has a lot of different practitioners listed under her website. And I guess the success rate must be good because you're a, a walking testament. You walk, you walk, you've actually, um, you know, been through all this and you've, you've used this technique or somebody used it on you. So I guess the success rate is very good. Yeah, it is very good. I mean, with illness, it's a complicated process. It's not to say that I can bring somebody to a session and, you know, cure them in a single session, but I give them the tools to be able to go out and get the treatment that they need to make the proper choices in regards to lifestyle so they're not self-sabotaging and finding themselves unable to do what they need to do because illness is a process. It, you know, it definitely can take a while, um, but it just, you know, it just allows the mind to be more supportive with you through that process, if that makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. And, and I love the way that you are following on from last, last week's podcast, Jessica. It does make more sense now we know your story. And, you know, the listeners can listen again to last week's podcast. They can obviously find it on the SBCN website or, or iTunes. So what do you want to leave with us today in our last few minutes? What, what would you like to leave with us today? And then when we come back next week, we will be following on with this same topic maybe yeah I definitely want to talk a little bit more about this but I I want to talk about some other aspects of the mind that sort of come into play because I think it's I think education and awareness are really really important and so you know today I talked about how you can use the power of your mind you know to be a strong Um, directive and supportive force in your life and you know next week I want to go into other aspects related to recovery and getting better from illness that's amazing so to ready us for next week um, 
is there anything we should be doing or researching about our own um, health issues? Obviously, we've probably gone to the health, our own health professional, and we, and we may have, as you had a problem with milk. Should we be researching any more, or should we just wait, you know, in anticipation for next week, Jessica, to see what you've got to share with us? I think one of the things that uh, listeners can start to watch is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have already reached out to, you know, their doctor or their health practitioner. But if you're finding that you're struggling with implementing the changes that you need to, that might be a place where you might need to start to look to find some help in order, you know, for you to create the changes. And, you know, that could be somebody in your area, you know, you could reach out to me. It really doesn't matter. But if you're finding that you have a lot of these tools that have been given to you and you're not making the changes, it's definitely something to start to look at. Now, one last thing before we finish, because I know you've got to dash off to another meeting, but can stress cause us to have these kinds of issues? Or is this a little bit off base? I mean, when you said, I think, milk made you sick, I wouldn't think that was anything to do with stress, but is stress in some way responsible, do you think? Oh, I definitely, and that's, I think, actually, it's funny you say that because that's definitely one of the areas I wanted to sort of touch upon in our upcoming podcast is the stress connection. So oh. stress um, plays a, it plays a huge factor. It's not the only cause. So, you know, the mind plays a role. There's physical causes. There's environmental causes. There's so many different things that come into play with illness. And what I see often is people aren't educated through um, their journey enough. You know, they get, you know, they might get something about the physical causes, but they don't get information on all different levels. Well, we're on the same page because I'm very much about the awareness uh, prevention, awareness, early detection, those three things are my favourite things. So I can't thank you enough because this is a really, really interesting topic. It's it's something close to my heart. So can't wait to uh, hear what you've got to say next week, Jessica. And um, have a lovely evening. Okay, sounds good. 